please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and this week we are going to have a very special guest joining us from the Well-Armed Woman. Now, this is a a group who focuses on training women by women so that they can get more into the shooting sports. And this is really, you know, something that we've been dealing with for uh, a considerable amount of time on this program is the changing demographics of shooting. And, you know, there is kind of this perception that the shooting community is a bunch of old white men, but we have seen that the millennials are taking off in the shooting sports, that we see more and more younger people people and high school students getting involved and getting excited about high, uh, shooting sports and that we even see uh, I was reading a news article earlier today about uh, Catholic schools in New York starting a rifle team. I mean these are things that are coming more and more into popular culture with younger people and we see it across you know racial demographics too as more and more minorities get involved in shooting sports and start to see that shooting is not something that only the bad guys do but this is something that everybody can be involved in and it is a martial art. It's a discipline that takes time and training and effort to become proficient at. So as we start to look at how do you get into shooting sports and how do you get involved, it's a very different thing for a woman than for a man to get involved and get excited about shooting. Most men have some background you know, somewhere in firearms. They have you know, a cousin or an uncle or a dad who was shooting. They know some friends who are involved in a shooting sport or, or at least hunt every year. And so they have a little bit of a tangential connection with the entire community, whereas women, not so much always. And a lot of the times we ha- we have a lot of negative towards us. Oh, you don't need to be carrying that gun. You need a, a man to protect you. Or you, you don't need a gun. You've got children. So we hear a lot of, of negatives, and we don't ever have another woman to identify with that, that carries. That's right, And that Jessie. can help us, yeah. I mean, we, we, we do not have that kind of social support structure for women that men do in martial arts. And it, it is something of a rarity. And it doesn't matter which martial art we're talking about. I mean, it can be firearms. It could be taekwondo. It could be anything. You see a very small percentage of women get involved in these kinds of physical uh, violent disciplines, which shooting and, and all of the martial arts are in, in one extreme. But they are also something that requires discipline. And that's, I use that word poignantly because it really is a discipline to discipline in your mind your body and to take control of a situation see i feel very blessed that i'm surrounded by women who are empowered in this way i mean we have a a friend who i cannot say her name on the radio because of the job we call her laura Laura croft Croft. we call her laura croft because she's somewhat of a a a badass (laughs) when it comes to martial arts and in firearms and and she's something else and even cowboy action shooting even cowboy action shooting she's a, a very interesting woman but she's one of the people I have to go to with with issues or questions and and I'm kind of new on this scene my my new husband here has got me involved a lot politically where I wasn't before and so it's good to have women to reach out to and I have through georgiacarry.org met Cindy Wheeler now how did you first meet Cindy um I believe I met Cindy at a North 
GeorgiaCarry.org convention chapter North, meeting. Chapter meeting. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And and that was really a great opportunity because they had the well armed woman come out and give a presentation. I was at Williamson's Brothers Barbecue in Marietta, and this is something that you know I, I know we do our membership drive bit at the end of the show, but it's something that is really important to to realize is that this is where you can network and connect, meet new people who are interested in the same topics, who have you know the same sort of interests that you have that can get you involved and connected with other people. And by going to these chapter meetings, you can make new friends, you can get new business opportunities, you can have opportunities for more training, you can learn something important, and have a great meal. And this is something that I really want to stress, is something that we should be doing as a community. We need to get out and fellowship. Well, because September is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I thought about what I could do to help empower the women that listen to the show. And this came to mind, the well-armed woman. These women um, will help train you. If you get a new firearm and you're a little scared with it, they'll help train you with your new firearm. Or if you've never had a firearm at all and you want to learn, you can reach out to them and they'll help train you. And they're very kind and they understand that it's harder to take direction from a woman uh, from a man when you are a woman. Well, there's there's a lot of complications when you're trying to teach marksmanship. I mean, some of the basic stuff, I think that anyone can communicate gun well. Gun safety, yeah. You know, and, and side alignment, trigger control, basics. But when you're but talking about stance, stance, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it, it, um, it's a little up close and personal. When there. you need to put your hand on another person's being, sometimes that's a little uncomfortable when you've got your little petite girl and you've got big grizzly guy. <laughs> Put yeah. his hand on your hips, you well, know. <laughs> more than more than just hips. You're you, often you have to align their legs. You have to reposition the small of their back. Reach around in front of the person to align their arms correctly because they're not going to be able to do it the first time on their own without having some direction and just trying to try for a second. Just imagine trying to tell someone how to hold their arm properly. Let's say that if you wanted someone, if you'd never seen it done before, work through the the hand motions for. Um, left turn, right turn, and stop in a vehicle. And this is something that's rapidly fading into obscurity in our culture. So right. how would you describe those arm motions? Well, you know, you, you hold your arm up vertically. Well, if you hold your arm up vertically for, for you know, one of the turn signals, that's not it. It's got to be at a 90-degree angle. But if you hold it out at 90 degrees, that's not going to be it either. You've got There's an awful lot of direction that goes into a simple hand motion. Now, take that a next step where you're not just trying to align the hand in a certain way, but you have to align it so that it is comfortable comfortable for a body to absorb recoil and to position the firearm correctly for rapid follow-up shots, there there are lots of different biomechanical maneuvers that are necessary to make this work. And the only way to really do it is to put your hands on somebody and twist them in the way they're supposed to go. And once you get them lined up, they'll feel it. Now, me doing that to a, a young woman would be inappropriate. You doing that to me was not so inappropriate. That was kind of fun, actually. <laughs> nice. Still on the radio. But still, I mean, because we're a married couple, so I'm lucky that I have a husband that understands. And my husband's an NRA instructor, which helps me. Kind of. We get the discount anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I um, was glad to have that. But a lot of women don't. And they would go to the to the range and ask for some help. And they get... Big grizzly dude. And or, see, I'm lucky I had you and a or, man that's like an uncle to me, Mark Curtis. Or creepy dude. They don't know to forget that a lot of a lot of ranges do have creepy dude work in there, too. Creepy dude. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's quite the collection of stereotypical at-the-range people. We should do Is that creepy sometime. dude like the geeky dude at the um, place where you go to get your computer repaired? And he's like, you're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the one who, you know, has has never spoken to a girl in real life. 
and is hanging out there behind the counter, wishing I, that I yeah. like to eat. Do you? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it could be worse. It could be talking about bathroom habits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it happens. You never know who's going to hit on you at at one of those like um, micro center or whatever. Oh, you get Lord. all the geeks lined up in there, and they're like pushing their glasses up, like you're pretty. Yeah, well, you know, when when your pickup lines revolve around what powder do you use for reloading, you know you're in trouble. Oh no. I like forty or um two thirty one myself. I like when you clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh we're gonna have a well armed woman on today and specifically Cindy Wheeler from the Well Armed Woman. And I think she's with one of our local chapters. And more than that, Cindy has a, a unique position of prominence with Georgia Carey, doesn't she? Yeah, she's one of our board members, isn't she? Yeah, so we've got a couple of different things we can address with her, both on you know things that are upcoming from the board and, of course, her work with the Well Armed Woman and getting more women involved in shooting sports. So this is going to be a very exciting topic today. We've got a great guest lined up. And, of course, at the end of the show, we've got the good, the bad, and the ugly, which uh, I helped to work on this week and is quite impressive yeah let's not blow the topics like you did a couple weeks ago my husband's really good at, at addressing the topics ahead of time but you know we ended up re-recording that show occasionally you know we record the show ahead of time and i forget to hit record <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of like that episode got, of the big bang theory you know how many episodes of, of fun with flags are there well, when you do georgiacarry.org radio, there's all kinds of episodes. Unfortunately, we could never record the exact same episode twice. So we had to come in and re-record that episode and, and lost a really good episode, unfortunately. And and one of the things we lost on it was that the, the cinemas were going to start checking bags mm-hmm. before you went in, which I didn't record on, on the follow-up episode when we had to re-record. Right, and I was just really upset about the cinema checking my bag. Like they have no right to see that I'm smuggling in Skittles. I mean, <laughs> for real. <laughs> you know, I I always carry when I go to a movie theater, and it depends a lot on which movie I'm going to see what I'm going to carry. But you know, in the end, it's my personal choice to take personal responsibility for the safety of myself and others. And I I'm not going to frequent any establishment that tells me I can't. I'm just going to conceal, and concealed means concealed to me. Of course, that is not the view of georgiacarry.org. <laughs> yeah, the views of the hosts may not reflect the views of the sponsors or, or the organization as a whole today. <laughs> not always. I mean, we have some differing opinions, although we totally um, are working towards the same goal. In the end, we all want the same thing, which is more freedom, more personal freedom, and, and better governance. And I think that, you know, when you've got people who are willing to work for better governance on either side of the aisle, or maybe all three sides of the aisle, it's a good thing. Well, we're fixing to cut to commercial here. And when we come back, we're going to have Cindy Wheeler on with us. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. And we're joined in studio now with Cindy Wheeler. And she is, as we mentioned before, one of the leaders at the Well-Armed Woman, a group that is focused on getting women more involved in the shooting sports. And she is also a member of the board of directors of GeorgiaCarry.org. So, Cindy, thank you for joining us, and we're really excited to have you here today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So tell me a little bit about the Well-Armed Woman. How did this get started? 
Well, the Well Armed Woman was originally uh, founded by Carrie Lightfoot, who is uh, a lady out in Phoenix, Arizona. She had started looking for uh, handguns and training for that and couldn't seem to find anything out in that area that wasn't basically related to men. Uh, she couldn't find any training or anyone who would talk to her on a woman's level about handgun and safety and so forth. So she just decided, well, there's a need, so I guess I'll fill the need. So she created the Well-Armed Woman um, three years ago, almost, and uh, now it has evolved to 49 states that we're in, over 200 chapters, and more than 6,000 ladies nationwide. And now, you know, we've got to ask you, Cindy, which state is it not in? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. It's Hawaii, isn't Hawaii. it? Hawaii, I, I believe knew it. it is not in. We just got a chapter in Anchorage, Alaska, if I'm not mistaken. So I <laughs> knew it cool. was Hawaii. Yeah. You know, Anchorage is nice because you can get to Alaska from there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, anyway, um, so it, this is something that, that's relatively new, about three years old, and you're, you're expanding rapidly. What, what sort of focus do you have here in Georgia? Do you have a lot of different chapters? Is there a lot of involvement? There's quite a bit of involvement. I believe we're up to uh, 12 chapters here in the state of Georgia, uh, mostly in the Atlanta metro area, but there is also one in, um, see, I believe there's in Augusta, and there's a brand new one, I believe, up in LJ. Oh, wow. So, okay. so we are expanding, yes. <laughs> and what, what's the main sort of environment that you're in? Is this classroom setting? Is this something that's done on a range? Both, actually. Uh, each chapter uh, has a meeting at least once a month, depending on the, the amount of ladies there are there and the classroom space available. But we meet once a month. We have an hour of classroom time and then an hour of range time. And uh, each varies uh, according to if the lady's comfortable doing her own presentation or a lot of times we have people come from the outside, whether they be uh, law enforcement comes in. Um, I've had a couple of people from Georgia Carey come in and do uh, presentations about the law in Georgia. So mm. that's always a good thing, too. Okay, so this is something that's really involved to get women more into the shooting sports. What is the biggest problem women have getting started? The biggest problem is fear. Uh, and not so much fear of the gun itself, but the ramifications. Um, most women that I've talked to who do have a fear... Uh, their first experience with a gun was their husband or boyfriend handing them something way too large for them to handle and saying, here, honey, try this. Sounds like and you in the desert they eagle. They shoot it one time, and that's it. They're done. They don't want to touch a gun anymore. My husband, when I first moved to Georgia, handed me a Glock. Okay. And it was uh, it's not a huge Glock. But it, was it was a Glock 17. A little more than I needed. Oh, 17. Okay, so it's and, 40 caliber? No, 9 millimeter. Nine millimeter. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, and okay. I'm not such a, a, a little girl, but was, I have a little touch of the post-traumatic stress disorder. And it was mm-hmm. it was suppressed. And he covered my ears <laughs> with his hands. And when that, I fired, didn't work really well. But. It, it wasn't enough for me, being that I have PTSD. Was probably a little right. bit of the problem. Well, it was mm-hmm. my hope that the suppressor would be sufficient that way she wouldn't feel encumbered with having something over her head or having to have mm-hmm. something extra that it would be you know quiet enough and it also had a a crimson trace gr- laser grip on it so that way you uh-huh. could see where you were hitting but yeah the the action the definition of shock and awe <laughs> yes. yes 
and I looked yeah. at him dumbfounded and I couldn't hear anything like my hearing was gone for a minute probably for days maybe weeks and yes, I, took, I understand that wonderful um, my dad had trained me with firearms and he took or he taught me to immediately take my finger off the trigger and so kind of in a shock I, I handed the firearm back to Doug <laughs> and I said, yeah. no more for me. Thank you. And then um, I, I gained my courage back. It was it was just something that was a little too big for me being with the things I had gone through. I think a, a normal woman who'd not been through the things I've been through could have handled that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I've seen it even um, with some ladies that have been trained around me and uh, with 22 little you know ruger 22 and this one woman she shook and she it took her 20 minutes to fire the 22 for the very first time and then she sat there and cried for 15 minutes oh and then after that she was like that was awesome let's do more <laughs> she and had to get out of her that, system the fear was gone and and she felt so at ease with it i mean she actually did quite well you know after that so and i've i've grown over the past year i would say in um curiosity and and firing the other firearms Uh at the house and i got a hold of my husband's lever gun the other day okay and it fires 45 long colt me with no hearing protection at all i just Uh fired that puppy and i wasn't scared of it at all of course i was was raised with rifles that's what we're trying to do is is educate women so they can be empowered and not be fearful of it. I mean, a gun is a tool just like anything else. I mean, I'm a, I, I've been afraid to use a chainsaw, and yeah. a chainsaw is simply a tool. But the more I get used to using it and starting off a little bit here and a little bit there, you build confidence that way. And we do the exact same thing with firearms that way. Yeah, and it's I mean it's a lot like learning how to drive a car because when you first start driving a car everything seems so intimidating and you just yeah. want to like jump out of it and run away but as you get used <laughs> to 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 navigating through drive-throughs and through parking decks and parallel parking then suddenly everything seems so much easier. Right. It's it's exactly the same way. You just have to learn to get over your fear one small step at a time. And see, I was really fortunate in the fact that my husband is an instructor and we have friends that are instructors. And one gentleman that is not related to me at all, but he's like an uncle to me, was able to take me out to a range and and do some um, shooting with me to to make me feel comfortable and, and teach me how to stand. And what you got used to there was three fifty seven Magnum. Yeah, that is. Oh what my I goodness! Got you. Yeah, Big, that's not one you'd normally start off with, but <laughs> in a teeny tiny I love gun. Mine, but <laughs> yeah, she was shooting it out of a J frame too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you talk about a little bit of sting to the hand, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Exactly. I was, I was expecting it to kick like my dad's shotgun. My dad had this shotgun when I was a kid. We called it Mister T <laughs> because it would kick so hard. You pity the fool. Right. And then I, I kind of expected that to hit me in the palm of the hand, you know, but right. it was it was nothing like that. And so, no, not a, at all. A lot of my ideas that I had about a shooting were impl- incredibly incorrect. Right. But I mean, you, you see movies and you see people pull the trigger on a gun and the gun goes flying, and it, it's not really that way. Now there are some guns out there that could possibly fly out of your hand, like a, a judge or. 
you know, a Desert Eagle 50 or something like that, there's no way I would ever think about shooting one of the bows. It's too big for me. But um, My husband has know. the Smith & Wesson 500. Oh, there you go. And Which, with Trail Boss, is not that bad to shoot, trust me. Right. But it's just something you learn to get used to. You build up to it. I looked it up on, on YouTube because I was curious about what the gun <laughs> could do. And the first video I found is these two guys firing the Smith & Wesson 500 and knocking a tree over with it. Of course, right. you know, it was a little tree with a trunk about you know, five inches in, in diameter. My favorite YouTube but, with the 500 is a different trunk where the guy stops a charging elephant in Africa with one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, with a handgun. I think That's pretty impressive. I got it when I moved to Alaska because I wanted to have something for bear defense. Oh, yeah. He was going to go bear hunting. I was. Well, you know, I mean, you definitely want to stop the threat, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. <laughs> Cindy, let me, let me ask you this. You know, you, we've got a, a large audience here of people, some of them who are very experienced with handguns, some of them who are just getting started and getting new, what would be the first piece of advice you would give someone who's looking to get into shooting? Um, well, the first piece of advice is learn your safety rules. Um, that is the biggest thing that, that we work on with the ladies is learning all about safety. And the number one safety rule is every gun is always loaded. Always. So you should always treat it that way. Um, the second is always point in a safe direction. You know, don't be aim, trying to learn how to aim pointing at, you know, the dog, say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he is standing there barking at you. Um, you know, it, it's always the respect for the gun and use it in a safe way. Um, so that, that is our, you know, first and foremost rule is always use it safely. And it's very important that women understand that you don't walk around with your finger on the trigger while you're standing on a hot range. You know, you only put your finger on the trigger when you're about to fire. And these are important safety rules that everyone needs to know. And a lot of women don't. Nobody's taught them. No one has taught them because they, they think, you know, well, you know, someone hands them a gun and the first thing they do is put the finger on the trigger. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait. You know, and, and I stop ladies all the time. It's like, finger off the trigger, finger off the trigger. But then when, after they've come to several classes and they hear me pounding that into their head, they're very good at that. And it just becomes normal when they draw, when they pick it up, they've got that finger down the, the slide of the barrel, and, and it's perfect. They, they learn real quickly. Cindy, have you ever personally tried to instruct any men in firearm safety? I think it's important for everyone to have firearm safety. Um, I, I've been asked several times if men could come along and, we love the men. We, we we're so happy they're there for support. But the well-armed woman is strictly for women. Okay. Well, um, we don't allow men in the classrooms uh, unless they are, you know, instructing, you know, guest instructing for us, or if they're acting as RSOs on the range. That is the only time men are allowed normally. Okay. Well, we are coming up on a commercial fo- break, folks. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned, and we'll be back with Cindy Wheeler right after this. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. We're on air with Cindy Wheeler, who's working with the Well-Armed Woman. She's also a member of our board of directors here at Georgia Carry. So welcome back, Cindy, and we're glad to have you on the show. When we took our commercial break, uh, during the break, we were discussing a little bit about what the board has been up to. And, and you said that you had made a trek down to Valdosta? Yes, 
actually Tifton, so it's near Zeldoff. So we had a board of directors meeting down there, as well as the annual dove hunt, which I was allowed to participate in this year. I'm guessing Chuck Turney kind of steered the, the group down a little further south than normal then. Yeah, but it was great. Chuck and Faye are so, they're wonderful to invite us all to their house, you know, to allow the board to come down there and have this meeting and, and then host the dove hunt as well. So, yeah. So any, any inside scoop on what happened at the board of directors meeting this year? Oh, well, just the general boring stuff, you know, going over um, what's currently in litigation, uh, which I don't understand a lot of since I'm not a lawyer. Um, just discussing how well we did at the recent convention in August um, and what the plans are for next year, if anything. So it's just a work in progress always. Okay, well, very, very good. And how was the dove hunt? Did you did you get anything? Um, I personally did not get a dove. I'm not saying what I did hit, but it was not a dove. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's one of those things. They say one year you're just constantly shooting dove here, dove there. This year it wasn't that way. Are, um, are you in the running well, to become the new vice president, kind of like Dick Cheney with your your shotgunning skills? There? Oh no, no. <laughs> Not at all, but I did hit something, so I'm happy about that. So yeah. there were no trips to the emergency room. At least I can aim, so that's a good. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we before we we kind of took this rabbit trail, uh, maybe it was a rabbit, whatever we were shooting at a minute ago. Um, we were talking about the well-armed woman and the focus on training for women by women without male right. influence. And you had said that, you know, men aren't, unless they're being a guest instructor or a range officer, they're not involved in the teaching. You know, what is a typical class like? Typical class, um, well, like I say, we have an hour of uh, classroom time, and it varies. Uh, my last class in one of my groups, I actually have three currently that I'm a uh, leader on, um, we discussed uh situational awareness so uh, we discussed you know uh, where to sit in restaurants the best position to be in for either an escape or a defense and I had the ladies do a homework assignment where they had to draw a restaurant and show where you would sit and why where you would park and why where you would you know avoid and why so teaching these ladies just to be aware of their surroundings whether they have a gun on them or not the, you know, the awareness of your surroundings is so important in defense. Well, that that is something that's very critical, is knowing what's going on around you. Uh, what What's the, the class makeup? Are these generally, you know, middle-aged women? Are they older women? I mean, do you have a I lot have, of... I have, right. I mean, it, it's you run the gamut. I have a, girl, uh, a young lady who's 22 years old. She actually comes there with her mother, who's my age. And then we do have some older retired ladies there. So you have women there from all walks of life. I have teachers. I have bus drivers. I have um, ladies who work in the corporate world. And it's really all about teaching each one of them on their level. I have a, a lady who came in with her husband. She said it took me thir- took him 34 years to get her in the range. And she wow. just sat there with her 357 in in the container and she just sat there going i'm fine i don't need to go to the range and it took her three tries three classes to come before i actually got her in the range and then i managed to get her to fire a 22 like three times and she was fine with that (laughs) but then some ladies come in and they've got 
there's 38 or 40 calibers, and they jump right in and go, and you don't have to do very much to them, just a little tweaking. So it's, it's a wide variety of ladies, and I love them, everyone, for at least trying. Of course, and it's a big step to step out there and actually start to learn a new skill like this. And this is something that's always kind of... I don't know, troubled me about shooting is that it, it really becomes a, an effort. This is something that I had always seen as being, you know, a pastime and enjoyment and fun. But when you're really training, when you're training to protect your, your own life, the lives of your spouse or your children or those around you, it takes on a new dimension of being work. And people can get kind of caught up in the work aspect of it and the, the, the heavy discipline. Are there things right. that you do to make this more fun? I know that when I'm looking to, to, involve shooting sports and and entertainment i turn to like cowboy action shooting or another shooting sport are there things like that that you kind of introduce to keep it light well um we're up for just about anything uh we try and keep it on the light side it's not a lot of technical stuff um there is some that needs to be learned you know the parts of the gun what are they called what do they do that sort of thing but that's a learning thing and since women learn differently than men do um, we have to do things differently, but that's why our group was create, created, um, to educate, equip, and empower women to protect themselves and their family. And there's different terminologies and things that the women don't understand until they actually use something physically, like trigger control. They think you just pull the trigger and the gun goes bang. But if we explain to them it's like pulling a trigger on a spray gun or a, a spray bottle as they're cleaning well they know how to do that yeah and if you pull it a certain way the gun's going to pull a certain way or if you pull it another way it's going to you know go down or up or what and we teach them you know use the things you know in life and apply it to your gun and it makes it so much easier for them to understand you know my biggest problem when i was learning was anticipation Exactly. Oh, it was horrible to try to overcome that anticipation. I would close my eyes and I would almost shake at first. Right. I know, I know. We we all go through that. You know, uh, and and everyone is completely different. So the anticipation thing is something everybody's got to go through. But the more you fire your gun, the more used to hearing that bang you get. And it should always be a surprise to you. Well, somebody uh, knew what to do there and, and... partially loaded a revolver and didn't tell me which chambers were loaded or even how many rounds were in it at the range yeah. and handed it here and i would it would click or it would bang <laughs> and sure and yeah. that kind of got me over that and i'm, I'm grateful for that because i don't yeah, know yeah. you know with having post-traumatic stress disorder it it brings a whole different element in for me i can i know i couldn't even imagine dealing with that so you've done wonderful getting over that <laughs> Oh, it's a a day by day thing for sure, <laughs> but yeah. it's it's a it's a great feeling for me to know that I have a, a weapon in my purse and that I'm able to defend myself with it if I need to, or protect the children with it if I need to, or even defend my husband because he's kind of helpless sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would these guys do without us? <laughs> yeah. But that's one reason the Well Armed Woman was created is is to help women get over their fear. And be able to protect themselves and their family. So, Cindy, um, and that's what we're all about. Cindy, how, how does a woman get involved with a well-armed woman? I'm glad you asked. Uh, you can always go on the Internet to thewellarmedwoman.com. 
you can uh, click on there and either join immediately, uh, or if you just, your first class is actually free. If you just want to join uh, up with a group of ladies and enjoy the class, it costs you absolutely nothing for your first class. Afterwards, if you'd like to join, uh, it's $50 a year, and that gets you discounts both locally and nationally, as well as on the well Arm Woman website. They have a wide variety of holsters for women that are made, you know, for women specifically. Uh, not just carry purses, but other kinds of holsters um, that are created for women only. So um, you can go on the website and find chapters near you. It's very easy. You just put in your zip code, I believe, and it gives you the information of the leader, um, where they're located, phone numbers, everything you would need. And the website also has a huge amount of information um, to educate women regarding concealed carry, a gun glossary, um, how to carry with children, and so forth like that. So there's a lot of information to be you know, got from the website. Now, do you need to be a gun owner in order to fully participate? Oh, in- heavens no. No, you're not required to own a gun or even have a permit just to come into the class. Matter of fact, I have a lot of ladies come in. They're like, well, I've been thinking about getting a gun. Can you help me figure out what's best for me? Absolutely. We can do our best to make you comfortable with any kind of gun you want to try out and help you to make the decision you know, that you want. What's your top three recommendations for a woman who's looking to buy a, a small gun for personal defense? That's a very good question. I have ladies ask me that all the time. What kind of gun, gun do I want to get? And I, I always use this you know, line, what kind of shoes do you like best? It depends on the situation. Yeah, it does. And, it's very And the gun, guns are the same way. You don't say, you need to go out and buy a thirty-eight Special. Well, what if they don't like flat? It's the same kind of thing. You know, you got to try them out before you buy them. And um, me, I have a gun for, you know, when I'm out with my husband at dinner. Uh, if we go out for an, a a lunch somewhere where there's an open carry lunch. I have a different gun for that. Um, my church happens to allow us to carry at church, so I have a different gun for that. So uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily one gun, one size fits all. So we're going to have to get together one day, Cindy, and you show me the church <laughs> gun because I need oh, I yes, need me are. a church gun. I need I need something to go with my heels. Can, can I ask what what is your <laughs> no. church gun? Pardon me. What is your church gun? I'm curious. My first gun? Church. Your church gun. Oh, my church gun. Uh, it's a little three eighty six Sauer P238. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's very small. It fits whether it's in my waistband, if I'm wearing a skirt, or in my purse, if I'm in a dress or something. But it's very small, and I feel real comfortable with it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today, Cindy. We really appreciate having you on the show, and we hope that a lot of our listeners will turn out to a well-armed woman meeting near them in the near future. That would be wonderful. I'd love to have a lot more ladies come join us. And we're going to cut to commercial. We'll be back with the good, bad, and ugly in just a few minutes. And now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, everybody. So we had a great interview with Cindy Wheeler talking about the well-armed woman. We heard that you know the board of directors is out there doing good things, getting getting their legislative agenda lined up, and apparently shooting poor defenseless birds on on the the attorney ranch down in South Georgia. Those are trespassing birds. <laughs> and and even shooting something else, which we shall not name. I guess you know maybe maybe the the Dark Lord himself got a. Of a faithful buckshot from Cindy down there in in South Georgia, hmm. but um, as as we you know move into the new year and a new legislative session, things are starting to heat up. This is going to get to be an exciting year with a lot of stuff that's going to be pushed through. And if you want to be a part of that, if you want to be involved, if you want to get the updates, if you want to know who which subcommittee committee is meeting today, which one needs your emails, which senator needs to hear from you, and when the governor's office needs to be just bombarded with phone calls. The only way you're going to get that information is if you're a member of georgiacarry.org. You're going to get emails that are pertinent and important for what's coming up for that day. You're not going to get a bunch of emails in December asking for money. You're not going to get a bunch of emails in October saying, you know, we need your support. You're going to get them when it's time, when it's important, when things are happening and know where to be. Know when the meetings are, know when the subcommittee hearings are, know when the, the, the rallies are going to be and when you're going to be need to be heard. And this is the only way that you can get there and be a part of it and be involved. You're 20 bucks a year not only gets you access to all of this information, but it gives you the opportunity to be part of something much larger than yourself. And if you want to join, go to georgiacarry.org, www.georgiacarry.org, all spelled out. And in the top left-hand corner, you're going to see Join Now for 20 bucks a year or $500 for a lifetime membership. You can be a member, too, and know what's going on in your state and help make this a better place for everyone, whether you carry a gun or not, and make it a safer state. Now, let's say that you don't want to go online or you want to pay cash for your, your donation to get started in Georgia Carry. Go to a local gun show. Right there, you're going to find a booth staffed by volunteers who will help you get uh, on board and take your money and get you all set up. Or any of the local festivals. I know that Georgia Carey is at most local festivals around the state every day that there's something going on. Georgia Carey is going to be there getting the word out about legal gun ownership and how we can be a better prepared society. So there's lots of opportunities. Also, you heard that you know Jesse met Cindy at the local chapter meeting. Jesse's helping uh, head up a local chapter meeting up in North Georgia. These are bringing up all over the state. It's a place where you can meet other people, fellowship, have good food, hear an interesting topic, learn more, and get involved. So there's a lot of opportunities there. If you have a topic that you would like to hear us discuss on the radio, shoot us an email at radio at georgiacarry.org. And, of course, you can always reach out to me personally, Doug at kingslawoffice.net, or go to www.kingslawoffice.net. If you have any legal trouble that you need a little hand with, I'm happy to help out. I do you know, my legal practice in North Georgia and the Atlanta metro area, sometimes even far south as Valdosta when the need arises. So, anyway, that's a great opportunity for people to get involved with georgiacarry.org, and I think we are heading into the good, the bad, and the ugly with Jesse. And we are. And for the good this week, we have um, Florida. It's coming out of Florida. Senate subcommittee votes three to two on campus carry in Florida. So the subcommittees approved it. And what happens next, Doug? Well, once the subcommittee approves it, it goes to the Judiciary Committee. From the Judiciary Committee, it would go to the Senate floor. From the Senate floor, it would have to be transferred over to the House for a House vote on the same bill. If the House then voted for it, it would go to the governor. So it's baby steps, but at least it's baby steps in the right direction we hope um, the bad comes out of boston of course it figures you know that new england has a lot of bad gun stuff going on anyway but um in the city of boston they're taking new measures to redu- reduce gun violence 
by sending a letter to all private registered gun owners asking them to report all sales, losses, or thefts, and they offer them a $200 gift card if they turn in a weapon. If you want to stop crime, punish the law-abiding citizens. Well, you know, it, it, you want to talk about preaching to the choir. This is kind of like saying America has an obesity problem, so let's go to all of the anorexic support group meetings <laughs> and say, hey, we've America has an obesity problem. I want you to start working on this. Right. And so then all the anorexics stop eating. <laughs> yeah, well. so, and then the ugly is coming out of Washington, D.C. There's a big surprise. Um, it says the police have approved 44 concealed carry applications this year. That sounds year. good. Out of 206, Not so 21%. Good. That means that 79% of the people who apply for a weapons permit in, in uh, D.C., get turned down and it's hard for me to believe or fathom even for a minute that 79 percent of these people are felons oh, yeah, that they, they have a valid reason for being denied of constitutional right do you I think don't. that do you think that they would deny 79 percent of people who are asking for a permit for a march or asking for a license to publish a newspaper no or founding a church no yeah of course not because those are rights that shall not be infringed right yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> this is just a further example of idiocy and it's very frustrating i mean we look at what's going on in this nation and it's very frustrating to see when bureaucrats think that they can insert themselves in other people's lives i want to say that the denial rates in Georgia. I'd read somewhere that it was something like 4%. We, we don't really keep records, so it's real hard to say, but I can tell you this. It's lower than 79%. I, every single person I know who's applied for a license has received the license. Every single person who I know who has uh, applied for a license and been denied has received their license in Georgia. It took a, an appeal. It took a little bit of a fight for a few of them and cost them a bit of money to a, you know, a really great lawyer somewhere. But in the end, every single person I know has gotten their license. This is something you do for people. I've, yeah. I've witnessed it as they'll come in. And, and sometimes it's as simple as, as the people at the court not knowing how to read out-of-state documents or that kind of thing. Sometimes Doug has to school them. Yeah. It, it And sometimes, you know, you have to threaten larger litigation and then they just realize it's not worth it for whatever their bs reason was for denying the permit i mean i've had a couple of lawsuits filed and i've threatened a couple of lawsuits in, in probate courts and that tends to make them see reason and it's very very good when you have an issue to have someone who knows what they're doing step in and and fix it for you i'm going to venture to say that dc just doesn't have the checks and balances in place in their legal system to handle this kind of thing there's a certain lack of intestinal fortitude going <laughs> on here well i mean somebody's got to be willing to stand up and say hey i was denied and i shouldn't have been denied and i'm hiring an attorney and i'm suing the pants off of you but it doesn't seem like a lot of that's going on right now that those people up there just used to um, choking down the BS of Washington, D.C. politics and it not being a big deal. Yes. It's kind of sad to me. It is very sad. And a lot of things that are going on in this country are very sad. I mean, we, we really need to get involved and we need to start to turn the tide. There, there are some people who are saying that we've gone too far now to turn the tide and the only thing left is some kind of revolution. And I don't buy that. I think that there is plenty of room left to turn the ship around before we hit the iceberg. But 
we got to start moving now. And we really have to start moving now because if we stand by and just let things drift the way they are, we are going to hit a giant iceberg both in debt and in loss of moral turpitude in this country, which is just staggering. I mean, the, 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 it seems like we have completely abandoned the idea of absolute rights and wrongs and everything is right in our own eyes. And if it's, if you think it's right, then it's right for you. And if you, I think it's wrong, then that's wrong for me. But I don't have any right to tell anyone else what's right or wrong. And th- I think that that's just, just garbage. Absolute, utter, complete garbage. We also have lost sight of what's important and have fallen back on relativism. And that's an issue. How so? Well, instead of seeing that things can be right or wrong and that there are some areas where they're black or white, that things are very black and white, they use relativism to define gray gray areas. Well, my my problem, there are things that are gray areas, but my problem is, is that we have abandoned the idea that there are hard lines and everything is malleable and what's right for you is right for you and what's wrong for you is wrong for you but it's not necessarily wrong for me well there's some things that are just wrong it's just absolutely fundamentally flat out wrong and it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if you're some poor kid who never had an opportunity it doesn't matter if you're the president of the united states wrong is wrong and those things stand and we have to stand up for right and if you stand up for right you stand up for truth and you stand up for justice real justice then you have something that marks your society as, as moving forward. But the honest God truth is is that we're losing sight of all this. Folks, we're at the end. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Tune back in next week right here, same bat time, same bat channel. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.